Josh here with the IDP show. Now, look, if you know anything about our show, you know we're three mid-30s dads rolling into the Shack every week at about 9 p.m. to record a fantasy football podcast. We've got kids, we've got jobs, so we are worn out when it comes time to record, which is why I'm excited to share about our newest sponsor. It is Liquid IV, which is the category-winning hydration brand fueling your well-being, and their hydration multiplier is the one product you're missing in your daily routine. Y'all, in just one stick, you get five essential vitamins and two times faster hydration than water alone. Use this first thing in the morning, before a workout, when you feel run down, after a long night out. So what do we love about Liquid IV? Convenient packaging, you just rip the top off and pour it into your water, shake it up and you're ready to go. Comes in a bunch of amazing flavors. I love strawberry lemonade and watermelon are my two favorite. And one stick of liquid IV and 16 ounces of water hydrates you two times faster and more efficiently than water alone. 12 delicious flavors. I mentioned a couple. They're refreshing. They're going to keep your hydration routine exciting so it's not the same old flavor time and time again. It contains five essential vitamins, y'all. Listen to these B vitamins. B3, 5, 6, 12, and vitamin C. It's got three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks made with premium ingredients. It's non-GMO, free from gluten, dairy, and soy. Liquid IV, they believe that equitable access to clean and abundant water is the foundation of a healthier world. So they partner with leading organizations for innovative solutions to help communities protect both their water and their futures. To date, Liquid IV has donated, listen to this y'all, over 39 million servings in 50 plus countries around the world. So we are very excited to partner with them. And if you want to try it out, you can get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use our code IDPSHOW at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code IDPSHOW at liquidiv.com. Check it out and tell them the IDP Show sent you. This is the IDP After Show. Welcome back to Johnny the Greek's Cornerback Corner. This is the audio edition for week three. Thank you, everyone, for joining me. Hope you all had a good week, too. Uh, I know I certainly did. It was the best accuracy week statistically I've ever had in four-plus years of writing this article. Really, really crushed it across the board. So I hope you guys had some very good cornerback streams. I know I did. Let's start with some transparency for week two, and then we'll get into week three. So last week, I made 67 different start-sit decisions. Of those, seven were injured or declared inactive before the game, leaving us with an adjusted 60 start-sit calls. Of those 60, 52 were correct, either matching or beating their projection. Eight were incorrect. That gives us an 86% accuracy for week two, which is the highest I've ever had for a single week. Of those 52 correct calls, 26 of them were massive hits. That's a 50% massive hit rate. So half of all the the correct calls I had last week, double, tripled, quadrupled their projection or more. Just huge, huge numbers for cornerback streaming last week. 
it was apparent that a lot of the passing offense across the league got back on track, and that really helped us with the cornerback streaming. Things were looking much better in week two. We're sitting at 81.5% accuracy for the season with 45% of all correct calls ending up as massive hits. So that's where we sit for transparency in regards to the written cornerback corner. Let's do a little transparency on last week's audio edition, looking at the cornerback one and two options that I recommended. So Byron Murphy did have a down week against the Eagles, which was kind of weird because Caleb Evans did really well. And a lot of other guys did. Darius Slay had a good week as well. Byron Murphy just couldn't get it done. So apologies on that. Darius Slay absolutely blew past his uh, projections. That looked good. Nate Hobbs uh, went right past his projection. That looked good. Marlon Humphrey was inactive. Tariq Woolen was injured. Legereus Sneed blew right past his projection. Trent McDuffie did not. That was a little surprising with the Jags in town and their passing offense. But uh, their offense in general just did not look good. The Chiefs looked much better on defense with Chris Jones back in the house. Tyson Campbell blew right past his projection. We're looking good there. DJ Reed went past his projection. We're looking good there. And Jonathan Jones was inactive. So we're looking pretty good on the audio transparency as well for last week. Let's get into week three here. Let's start with the best matchups for the week. And the obvious big one is Chargers Vikings. This is indoors. It has an over-under of 50 points, and that's early in the week. I wouldn't be surprised if that went up. These are two excellent passing offenses, tons of talented wide receivers, two talented quarterbacks, uh, a good tight end or two. Neither defense is super impressive. We should see lots of back-and-forth action in this game. That's a great matchup to stream from in Week 3, Chargers-Vikings. I also like Eagles-Buccaneers a little bit. It's only got a 45 for an over-under. It is outdoors, but it's in Florida, so, you know, barring a hurricane, we should be okay. The Eagles, obviously, are capable of having an incredible passing attack when they're not running the ball 20, 30 times a game. That's just a, you know, a roll of the dice to see which Eagles offense we get. The Bucks passing attack has actually looked pretty good this year with Baker Mayfield. So while this may not be the best matchup to stream from this week, I do like Eagles-Bucks quite a bit as well. Plus, we've got some good options there. If we can get Bradbury and Carlton Davis back, we'd have those two plus Darius Slay. That would be three really good options within that matchup. Another one that's a little bit under the radar that I like is Rams-Bengals. So Matt Stafford has looked really good so far this year without his guy, without Cooper Cup. So I think they continue to sling it against a Bengals defense that's struggling. And I'm just hoping, I'm just hoping that we get the regular Bengals offense back. Because if we do, then that 46 and a half over under could be not even close to what we get. Although this is outdoors in Cincinnati, so weather could be a factor. So really Chargers Vikings is the best matchup of the week. And we've got a couple other good ones. And we've got many half of a good matchup type deals this week. So, you know, Chiefs Bears, right? Like the Bears corners look good. The Chiefs do not, right? We've got lots of those kinds of matchups this week. So whenever you see something like that, we don't need it to be perfect across the board. We just need to take, take advantage of the good half of that matchup. And that's what we'll do this week. The worst matchups in week three, in my opinion, Titans Browns. We've got a one over under. It's outdoors in Cleveland. We've seen that be a problem already this year in week one. The Tennessee Titans had just 24 passing attempts last week, and that was a lot for them. That was a ton for them. They do not throw the ball. And the Browns are kind of the same deal. They, they don't really throw the ball all that much either. 
I think we have a very limited ceiling in this game. So not a big fan of Titans-Browns this week for streaming corner. And then obviously Patriots-Jets as well. Although upon further review, this one is not as terrible as I thought it was. So the Patriots side of things is not great. You know, uh, Zach Wilson has attempted fewer than 15 or completed fewer than 15 passes in both games this season he's played. So very limited ceiling in regards to the Jets passing offense. But, you know, he'll make some mistakes like he did in Dallas. And it's, you know, Gonzalez or Jonathan Jones could definitely pick off a pass. But we never want to bet on that, right? That's not a good bet. We bet on tackles. We bet on pass defense because those are going to happen automatically every week anyway. Getting an interception, getting an interception return to the house is something that's not going to happen every week. So we don't bet on it because it's not a good bet. Mac Jones, though, actually has completed over 30 passes in both games this season. So our Jets corners actually do have a little bit of value in this one when, you know, upon initial inspection, it kind of just looked pretty, pretty crappy both ways. I think we're still going to be okay with DJ Reed and Sauce this week, but not the other way around. I think the Christian Gonzalez train may come to a screeching halt this week, at least with the Jets in town. So some, those are some of the worst matchups for the week cornerback ones and twos guys that i think could have just a massive week for us this week uh, let's start with aj terrell going up against the lions lions passing attack has been very solid so far this season aj terrell's looked a little, little bit better he had a bit of a down year last year but I, I think he's in a good spot this week to produce against the lions and that is indoors so that is good to go yeah, that one's in Detroit, so we're looking good there. Next guy I like this week is Derek Stingley, Houston. All right, next guy I like this week as a possible cornerback, one or two would be Derek Stingley of the Houston Texans. They've got the Jags in a bounce-back game this week. I believe this is in Jacksonville. Don't quote me on that, but either way, it's a top-10 passing offense in the Jags, top-10 in regards to wide receiver targets, coming off of a disappointing loss against the Chiefs. Stingley's 100% a snaps guy every week. He's in a good situation here against a very good passing offense. And then beyond that, if you need like a deeper leaks guy, Steven Nelson's in a good spot as well. Very similar setup and a guy you can get off waivers a lot easier than Derek Stingley. Next possible corner one or two this week would be Patrick Sertain for the Broncos against the Miami Dolphins. We all have eyeballs. We, we've all seen what the Miami Dolphins are capable of with their passing attack so far this season. Sertain is very likely going to be on Tyreek Hill, who is just a man possessed this season and is getting a ton of targets every week. I think that's a solid floor for Patrick Sertain, and he's talented enough, plays enough, and has been historically productive enough to just really blow right past his projection in this setup this week. So I like Patrick Sertain a lot. Byron Murphy versus the Chargers. We talked about Byron Murphy a little bit last week. But he's too good. He's too good to be quiet for th this many weeks in a row. He was, you know, a streaming corner staple when he was on the Cardinals for, for several years. He, he's really, really good. And I, I just think he's due. He's going to play every snap. The Chargers are in town. They've got an excellent passing offense. They target their wide receivers. I believe it's fifth most in the league. They're a top five passing offense from last season. It, just all signs point to a bounce back game for Byron Murphy. So I like him quite a bit this week. Another possible cornerback one or two this week is Kendall Fuller. All reliable from the Washington Commanders. The Buffalo Bills are in town this week, and they were just 
absolutely slinging last week against the Raiders. I think they keep that going. The Commanders have actually looked a lot better themselves on offense, so we may get a bit of a back-and-forth affair here. Regardless, Fuller's going to play 100% of snaps. He's very likely going to have some responsibility with Stephon Diggs. He's in a good setup to have a huge week. I like Kendall Fuller quite a bit in this one. Next guy I like a ton in Week 3 is Marco Wilson for the third week in a row. This time, it's the Cowboys. I believe this is, this will be indoors, which always helps. He's very likely going to be on C.D. Lamb, who's just been getting showered with targets so far this year. The Cardinals are very likely going to spend a ton of time on defense this week as Dallas just blows them away. So Marco Wilson's in another great setup this week, and he smashed his projection both times he's played this season. He's just in a good setup all season long, and the Cowboys is a good place to stream him this week, no doubt. Next guy would be Carlton Davis going up against the Eagles. Uh, we talked about this matchup itself a little bit earlier, but Carlton Davis had to sit last week due to a toe injury. Assuming he's healthy and able to play this week, this is a guy that beats his mat- his uh, projection most weeks regardless of the matchup. He's that talented. He's that good. He's going to play every snap. And the Eagles passing attack is more than capable of giving us the floor we need for a huge Carlton Davis week. I like him quite a bit. And then on the reverse of that, Darius Slay with the Bucks in town. Slay is very likely going to be on Mike Evans, which is clearly Baker Mayfield's favorite target by quite a bit. So that's that's a really great setup right there. You know, to a lesser extent, James, James Bradbury, if he can play, he has been injured. So there's a little bit of a risk there. But Slay has been perfect this year. Touchdown, interception return in week one, and then blew right past his projection with tackles and passes defended in week two. So Slay looks to keep it going in week three against a pretty good Bucks passing attack. And then the last guy I like as a possible, you know, week winner type would be Cam Taylor Britt Monday night against the Rams. So I, my thought is just based on playing time and what I've seen so far this year, Taylor Britt is likely going to be the guy that covers Puka Nakua, however you say it, who's been just getting showered with targets, double digit targets every game so far this season. Assuming Cam Taylor Britt has some sort of responsibility for him, that's a great setup right there. Plus, Taylor Britt plays the most of all the Bengals corners. He's been the most productive so far this season. So he's in a really good setup against the Rams. So yeah, those are the guys I really like this week and I I think are pretty safe across the board. But within the article, you're going to find all kinds of different deals. A couple of the guys I was talking about just as like kind of crazy ideas with Macri last week on his PFF uh, IDP podcast were like Jacorian Bennett, who's the third corner for the Raiders. And, is, and has been quietly really good so far this season. And then Christian Gonzalez, who who most of us in IDP land did not think was going to start and be it, you know, 100% a snap starter for the Patriots right out the gate. That is some crazy stuff right there. That's not normal Belichick by any means. So he's been in a good setup the last two weeks, and he's capitalized as well. So all that stuff's within the written article itself. There's tons of good information in there give you plenty of good ideas for good streams this week. A couple other dart throws I kind of like heading into week three here. So yeah, some dart throws I really like this week. So Damari Mathis up against Miami. We, we talked about the other good option here with Patrick Sertain. Damari Mathis is the cornerback too over there against the Dolphins this week. So he's in a similar setup, but he's not as productive as Patrick Sertain, not as reliable as Patrick Sertain, but he does play as much as Patrick Sertain. So he's in a similar setup. 
And this is someone you can get a lot easier off waivers. Damari Mathis, that's a decent dart throw this week. Steven Nelson, I mentioned when we were talking about Derek Stingley, same exact setup against the Jags with the top 10 passing offense, top 10 in regards to wide receiver targets. But, but everyone knows who Derek Stingley is due to draft capital. No one knows who Steven Nelson is. And he's probably even better, to be honest with you. He had a better season last year, just as productive, but it's a guy no one knows. So that's a great dart throw with Steven Nelson this week. Sante Samuel Jr. against the Vikings. This is probably not even a dart throw. This is more like a cornerback one or two type option. Great matchup. Going to play every snap. He's got the genetics, too, with his uh, father's genes. So Asante Samuel Jr., great dart throw this week. Caleb Evans from the Vikings going up against the Chargers. Had a really good week last week against the Eagles. Is in a good situation here against the Chargers. So that's a good one. He's not Byron Murphy, so no one knows who he is really, but he is a good option, and he plays about 95% of snaps a game. So Caleb Evans, good dart throw. Benjamin St. Juiced on the Commanders. He's not Kendall Fuller, so we're all not as familiar with him, but he plays just as much as Kendall Fuller, and he's in the same situation as Kendall Fuller with the Bills coming to town. So Benjamin St. Juiced, very good dart throw this week. On the Seahawks, they've had a bit of shenanigans with J.C. Horn getting injured and missing a good chunk of the season already. Dante Jackson would make a good stream against the Seahawks as a dart throw. Seahawks obviously have a pretty good quarterback and three really good wide receivers. C.J. Henderson, also a good dart throw. Recently promoted to 100% of snaps per week uh, as of last week. So it's, you know, it's not the most stable thing in the world. But that's why we call it a dart throw. So C.J. Uh, Henderson or Dante Jackson against the Seahawks, two pretty good ideas there. And then Akella Witherspoon, Rams corner up against the Bengals. This is all assuming that the Bengals can get back on track, that Joe Burrow is, you know, goes back to being who we think he can be. Jamar Chase starts catching footballs again. If all that happens, Akella Witherspoon at 100% of snaps as the Rams crack one is in a good situation you know, being responsible for Higgins or Chase to produce pretty good for us. And, you know, a, a factor here that really doesn't matter, but I like is that Akella Witherspoon's a Monday night guy. If I'm in trouble and I've still got him going, I've still got a chance Monday night. And it's another reason for me to tune into the game. I know that's a stupid reason, but I also know I'm not the only person that thinks that. So it is what it is. Akella Witherspoon dart throw up against the Bengals. So those are some good dart throws for week three right here. Worst ideas that seem good heading into week three. So Kenny Moore, Kenny Moore actually bounced right back in week two. I told everyone to chill out, relax. He'd be fine. He was, he blew right past his projection. He definitely could overcome this, but it's not the greatest setup or matchup for him. I believe they've got the Ravens this week which were a little bit better in regards to passing offense, but still not great, right? They're still not a throw-first team. They're a run-first team. So not a great setup for Kenny Moore in week three. All right, another guy that seems like a really good idea after two weeks of spectacular production, 100% of snaps both weeks, got the rookie cornerback rule working in his favor, Christian Gonzalez is going up against Zach Wilson, who completed 12 passes last week and 14 the week before that. That's our floor, and our floor does not exist in regards to the Jets' passing game. So yes, Gonzalez could force a fumble, pick off a pass, get a lucky sack, whatever, but we can't bet on that type of thing. That's not something that's going to happen every week. We bet on tackles and passes defended, and anything else is just a nice bonus. 
Christian Gonzalez is in a position to not get us any of the things we need to get every week because there's no floor for him to get them this week. So it's not a good bet. It's not safe. I am not streaming Christian Gonzalez this week. I absolutely will be at other points this season. He's been really good so far. But the idea behind this is we put ourselves in the best position to get the most points every week, and that changes week to week depending on the situation. Uh, Another idea or a couple of ideas that seem good and probably aren't this week are Trayvon Diggs and Stephon Gilmore. So the Cardinals looked a little better in, in regards to passing offense in week two. They completed about 20 passes. But that's not enough to eat for this Cowboys defense. And I highly doubt they're going to complete 20 passes on the Cowboys defense. So there's just not going to be enough to go around. We got Stephon Gilmore back there. The safeties have been productive. There's just not enough to eat, right? Like if the Cardinals compete, uh, complete 15 passes, I will be shocked and amazed. And that's not going to give us uh, the floor we need for Trayvon or Stephon Gilmore. There will be plenty of weeks to come where they're both going to make a ton of sense, but just not this week. So in week two, I mentioned the same exact thing. And Trayvon Diggs did get a lucky interception, but he had one tackle beyond that. So if not for a dumb throw last week by Zach Wilson, Trayvon has a one tackle game, right? That's the type of thing we're looking at here with the Cardinals. And statistically, it's just not a good bet. So we don't want to do it. Some missed notes heading into week three here. So just some things that kind of stuck out that I thought we should talk about. So Christian Gonzalez slowed down Tyreek Hill and played 100% of snaps. So this is two weeks in a row now that a Patriots rookie cornerback has played 100% of snaps, which is absolutely insane for anyone that's followed IDP for any length of time. This is just not something Belichick does. And this guy was so effective. He slowed down Tyreek Hill last week. It's just mind-blowing. So like I mentioned, he's not in a good spot this week, but definitely hang on to Christian Gonzalez if you can. He's going to be spectacular this season and other points, no doubt. Marcus Jones, Patriots, I believe got hurt last week. And regardless, he still only only played 32% of snaps. And that's even without Jonathan Jones, who was inactive. So there was no bump for Marcus Jones after that spectacular end of the season last year. And a lot of people thinking he might be the corner one this year. It just has not panned out so far. He has yet to go over 35% of snaps per game. So not a good start for Marcus Jones. On the Seahawks, we had some shenanigans. Devin Witherspoon got his first start of the year. He played 100% of snaps, but got absolutely cooked. That flea flicker touchdown, the blown coverage, that was him. So yes, he is starting and he probably will be picked on because he has not been very good so far. The downside to this, though, is they've got Carolina this week. Carolina's passing attack has been anything but good. So I I just can't bet on a great week for for Devin Witherspoon. But if you want to go with him, he does have some good positive factors. He's playing enough at 100% of snaps. He's not good so far, so he's going to get picked on. And that always helps for IDP production at cornerback. Plus, Tariq Woolen got injured and is likely out this week. So I think Witherspoon gets to keep his snaps this week at least. Another quick note here, the Ravens cornerback core is just an absolute dumpster fire mess. I'm I'm staying away from it completely until it settles down. I thought Ronald Darby was going to be locked in. He played about 50% of snaps last week. They've got three safeties starting at 100% of snaps and one other safety playing about 95% of snaps each week. So they're just not using corners. They're using a ton of safeties and coverage, which is uh, weird, but it is what it is. So Ravens corners are a mess until Marlon Humphrey returns. 
Ja'Cory and Bennett, quick mention. This was a, a wild, insane stream idea I talked about with Macri on his podcast. Ended up working out. He had a really good game, blew right past his projection. And what I like about his setup beyond the 95 and 91% of snaps in the first two weeks is he's not Marcus Peters and he's not Nate Hobbs. So, you know, just by being the lesser of all evils, he may get targeted more often than not. So just putting that on your radar, Chikorian Bennett Raiders may be a good option here very shortly and already has been the first two weeks of the season. Another quick note, Teron Johnson bounced back and was much better in week two, but still only played 80% of snaps. We don't know if that's legit or not because the Bills blew away the Raiders so completely. Everyone got to rest, so we don't know what full snaps looks like for him yet. But he's still not where he should be, so be careful with Teron Johnson. As mentioned previously, Kenny Moore bounced back. And then I've been seeing, I put in my waiver claims tonight, a lot of people have been dropping Carlton Davis and Marlon Humphrey. Both those guys, it's not it's not long-term. They, they could be back this week. So if you have the room, I would add both of them. Those are top five, top 10 IDP cornerbacks, period. Never mind streaming. I mean, just period. Like, you can set and forget both those guys and be fine. So I would absolutely go check your waivers for Carlton Davis and Marlon Humphrey. And if they're out there, grab them and hang on to them because they are spectacular. So yeah, just some mixed notes for you there heading into week three. And we covered all the bases. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Good luck this week. I hope all your cornerback streams work out. If you have any questions, feel free to hit me up on Twitter at OrangeMan3142. And uh, yeah, everyone have a good week. And we'll do it again next week. Same time, same place. Take care. This was the IDP After Show. <laughs>